well, this is really fun for me because I associate so much goodness with this building. I, about nine years ago, I just had quit my corporate job and I went to John Borthwick, who was running BetaWorks, and said, "Is like, listen, I have this idea. I'm going to start this company that's going to support creativity and it's going to support everyone's ideas. Uh, would you fund it? Uh, he said no. But he did something even more valuable than give me a check. Uh, he essentially connected me into New York's startup community. He made introductions, and he's been a constant supporter of the ideas uh, that we've been brewing up over those years. And um, you know, for that, I'm, I'm internally grateful for for John Borthwick and the team. And it's really special to think that you know this space didn't even exist nine years ago. Even you know, seeing John and the team grow and, and raise, and the role that they're playing for 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 the startup community in New York City is really incredible. So being part of that has been really terrific. And I should probably explain where those ideas then went. We ended up starting a company called 53 that made then apps for creativity, an application called Paper, um, digital styles called Pencil, ultimately a team collaboration product called Paste. And all of these products exist to really support creatives and, and creative thinking. Um, at some point, you got to ask yourself, how do you find the bigger stage? Where do you go to sort of reach the next level? And that's when we met up then with, with WeTransfer and essentially sold 53 to WeTransfer. And, um, really started thinking about, well, what, what would it mean if we bring all of our offerings, uh, WeTransfer's file sharing product together, like their, their, um, their, their great editorial platform, what if we bring all of this together into a set of tools? What would that really mean? And together, you know, we formed then a company that's all about, um, it's all about getting behind people's ideas. Uh, it's about supporting those great ideas moving those ideas forward, right? So we have a set of tools that all support the movement ideas, um, from fueling your ideas with an app called Collect, to forming ideas with your app called Paper. Um, our team creation and, and presentation product is about showing your ideas and aligning around ideas around pace, and ultimately you gotta deliver your ideas with our transfer product. You hear the word idea a lot. Uh, we, we truly think a lot about ideas, uh, to the point that we now are doing research into ideas, where they come from, how do you nurture them, how do you have the right ideas, and um, that is really what the Ideas Report is about. Uh, there's an even better speaker to talk about that, uh, which is our one and only, our dear, esteemed, and incredibly knowledgeable editor-in-chief from We Present, Holly. Thank you very much, George. Uh, that was quite the introduction. I'll try and live up to it. So ideas, you know, they're a messy business. We all know that. Where do they come from? They're frustrating. There's so many dead ends and false starts that we really wanted to dig into what they mean and how we can kind of figure them out for our user base. So with that in mind, last year we launched the first ever WeTransfer Ideas Report. Um, and so last year... There we go, making sure I've got that right. Uh, last year, we asked 10,000 creators about how they come up with their ideas and where they really go from there. The results really inspired a lot of the work that we created at WeTransfer after that, particularly our overarching brand campaign, which we'll talk about later. But we really couldn't leave it at that. You know, Having an idea is only the beginning of the process. Where you take it from there is the next step. So this year, we really wanted to delve a little bit further. We went a lot bigger, as you can see. Last year, we spoke to 10,000 creators, but this year, we doubled that, speaking to 20,000 people and really asking them how they develop these ideas. Respondents, as you can see, came from 197 countries and, and territories, which was 50 more than last year, and actually only 25%, or 25 countries, rather, less than the entire planet. So I think that really speaks to the global nature of not just WeTransfer, but also of this report, and really gives us a picture of what creativity looks like the world over. 
So, who are these people and what do they do? Well, we can see that the overarching amount of people came from the age range of 26 to 56, which really is the professional audience that, that use WeTransfer. And the, and the disciplines that they work in are advertising, marketing, design and photography predominantly, but also they come from music, film, publishing, art, illustration, dance performance and tech. So, as I said, we spoke to people about how they develop their ideas, what happens after you've had an idea, where do you go from there? So the questions that we ask people, as you can see on the screen here, are how many of your ideas do you end up using? How do you figure out if an idea is worth pursuing? What questions do you ask yourself when bringing an idea to life? What distracts you from coming up with creative ideas? How many chances do you give an idea that you love? How well do you feel you get paid? And how do you feel about your own creativity? Now, we, what we did is we crunched the numbers. There was a lot of them. This involved a lot of Excel spreadsheets, more than anyone ever needs to see, trust me. Um, and we distilled all of these facts down into four key insights, which we're going to share with you guys today. So the results. But before we do this, I kind of wanted to get a little bit of audience participation, see how you guys measure up to the results that we had. So the first question we asked people was, how many of your ideas do you end up using? Raise your hand if you think you use most of your ideas, say 75%. No one. Okay, great. <laughs> Raise your hand if you use, say, 50% of your ideas. Okay, a couple of people. Good stuff. Now, raise your hand if you think you use even less than that, 25% or less. Interesting. So, this is very interesting to us. I mean, it was quite a surprising result, but this... Uh, you know, basically the, the information that you guys have given us really correlated with what we saw from the results, leading us to our first insight. Ideas, you need more than you think, a lot more. So as we can see from the results, about 72% of people end up using half their ideas or less. Now in France, this is one in four people that use less than 10% of their ideas, whereas in the US, Mexico and South Africa, that number is about one in 10. This was particularly interesting to us because it really suggests this huge sort of gap in what ideas are and how we think, how we kind of dis decide whether they're good enough to, to pursue. So what we really decide with this is that we really need to rehabilitate bad ideas into the creative process. It's not about ideas in a binary sense. They're not good, they're not bad. We need to think of ideas as a sliding scale. All ideas contextualize each other. And there's a science part to this as well. So a few years ago, at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School, a study was conducted where they split students into different groups and tasked them with coming up with ideas for new products. They were then scored on how innovative these ideas were. The results were quite definitive. So the, the group with the most ideas had the better ideas. Now, when you think about it, that really makes a lot of sense. You know, the more ideas you have, the higher the intensity is amongst the ideas, the more competition there is, and ultimately, the better idea you're going to get from the end of it. We like to think of it as almost like pool balls on a pool table mid-game. Everything is there to line up your next shot. This is the same with ideas. You have to contextualize them amongst each other. So with this in mind, we think that the key insight from this year's report is really to do with bad ideas. We need to rehabilitate them as a key part of the, of the creative process moving forward. So we have some fun facts to share as well. WeTransfer is, is a Dutch company, but we also have an office here in New York and also one in LA. So we thought we'd do a little kind of test amongst our, amongst our employees. So frugal by nature, one in three Dutch people use less than 10% of their ideas. The US, on the other hand, are much more confident with 68% of people following through on half or more of their ideas. So different to you guys. So with this in mind, we wanted to speak to some really creative people that we've worked with at WeTransfer about how these insights fit with their own creative practice 
for this particular insight, we spoke to podcaster, author, all-round creative genius, pretty much, Debbie Millman. And she really wanted to talk about strategy with ideas and the, and the idea that ideas shouldn't be easy. There's struggle involved. But what Debbie says is we need to lean into that because everything that is meaningful really takes effort, which I think is something we can all relate to. So the next question we asked people was, how do you figure out if an idea is worth pursuing? Now, as you can see, the results were mixed, but we did get a surprise from this, because as you can see on the page here, only 17.8% of people actually consult with friends, family, colleagues when coming up with a good idea. This led us to our next key insight, trust your gut. You know your ideas the best. When it comes to pursuing an idea, I think we're co constantly told that creativity is a collaborative process. It's a word that's used so much within the creative thinking industry. But actually, this, as this proves, only 18% of creators will actually consult friends, family, or colleagues when coming up with an idea. Instead, over a third of people surveyed ch chose to trust their gut, and about 40% of people will do their independent research before taking that idea to other people. Now, this really calls into question what we think we know about creative thinking. You know, we're constantly told in our industries that brainstorming is the way to go, creative meetings, talking to people, collaboration. But actually, as, as the Ideas Report says here, most creators that we spoke to would really rather trust themselves first, which proves that we need more conviction in our ideas. So a fun fact for this one as well, creativity runs deep for musicians, artists, and performers who are all more likely to trust their gut when it comes to an idea. On the flip side of that, people working in tech, advertising, design, they're the ones that prefer to research and see if an idea is worthy before pursuing it, which you can see is a nice distinction between what we actually consider as creative professions. So the third question we asked was perhaps our favorite of the entire bunch and really led to an insight that we didn't see coming. So the question was, what do you think about when bringing an idea to life? And this was all about evaluating your ideas. As you can see from the results, it's a, it's a pretty mixed bag. But it did lead us to, as I said, a particularly surprising insight from the report, which also was very heartening, I have to say. Making money only matters if the planet is still around. Now, while the classic considerations of is an idea good, is it original, is it timely, still come out on top, which makes a lot of sense. You know, you don't want to invest your time into something that already exists or, you know, be sued for plagiarism, on the other hand. Um, but what we see here is that it's extremely promising that the creative industry is now really thinking about profit and making the world a better place as a hand-in-hand -hand process. So when thinking about making an idea happen, will it make the world a better place actually topped? Can I make money with it? And this is the first time in any survey that we've done that this has actually happened. So this is a particularly heartening stat that reflects the growing number of creatives that really want to use their platforms for good. And really, if we look around, if we turn on the news, it's not surprising why. Uh, and what we found particularly interesting with this is this one. So when it comes to the country that was really coming out on top with this stat, it was the United States, where 37% of Americans are concerned about whether their ideas will make the world a better place. If we think about politics, society, what's happening at the moment, the huge upheaval in the country, that makes sense. I mean, art and activism have always gone hand in hand, but what is particularly heartening for us as a company about this is that people really want to use ideas that make the world a better place. Now, we spoke to uh, creative John Legend, who we work with quite frequently at WeTransfer, who really left us with this you know, lovely quote about that, which is, whatever your passion is, follow it. I guarantee you will not regret finding something that makes you want to get up and make a difference in the world. And I think that is something we can all relate to. And I think at WeTransfer, that really ties into how we come up with ideas. We're not just looking at you know, profit or advertising. It's very much about giving back to the creative community and making a positive impact. So our final insight comes from this question. 
what distracts you from coming up with creative ideas? Now, this one was interesting to us because it is the only question where the result from last year and this year is exactly the same. As we can see from the stats on the board, the overwhelming distraction for creatives is their job. So this leads us to the next insight, less meetings, more thinking. I think we can all relate to those times where you know you go into work, you've got six meetings lined up, it gets to the end of the day, you haven't even checked your emails, you've got nothing done, and you go home sort of frantically going through them and trying to actually make get your work done, you know, looking at your computer screen at 10 p.m. at night. This is not conducive to the creative process, and it's not conducive to coming up with good ideas. So as we can see, the number is huge. 42% of people, almost half of the 20,000 respondents we spoke to, said that their job is the biggest distraction from their ideas. Now, when you think about the fact that 90% of our respondents come from the creative industry, industries that rise and fall on the power of good ideas, that's a pretty worrying statistic. So it's jobs in tech, illustration, and advertising that are most likely to get in the way, and those also get more distracting as we get older. So what we think with this is we really need to rethink how we work, how we play, and how we actually come up with creative ideas in the workplace, often creative industries that rely on those for fresh, innovative ideas to move forward. This is something we've really been thinking about a lot at WeTransfer, actually. It's, as I said, it was a statistic that came through from last year as well. We've introduced things like you know, meeting-free days. We've got something called Play Day, where we encourage uh, employees from all different parts of the company to really come together forget about their emails, forget about meetings, and actually just play, bringing that concept back into work. And we've, what we've seen is we've actually had more creative ideas that have come from this. It's something that we'll really be moving forward with in 2020 at WeTransfer, but if we look at these respondents and the results here, it's something that we feel is a huge challenge across the creative industry and really needs to be thought about you know, across the world. So the interesting fact here as well is it seems the bigger the company, the more distracting the job. 55% of people working in large companies say their job is the biggest distraction. This drops to 50% for medium-sized companies and only 36% for freelancers who technically probably have a little bit more time on their hands, which really ties back into this idea of, of time. We, we need more of it. So the conclusion. We need to rethink what we have been taught about uh, ideas and the creative process. We need to change our perception of what is a good idea, what is a bad idea. We need to think of ideas more as a contextualizing process between them, and instead focusing on you know, how all ideas contextualize each other. We need to have conviction in our ideas. We need to have space and time to fail, to learn, and to actually get better, which is not always something we're given time for within the creative industries and in our jobs, as we saw in the last insight. But also, we really need to think about ideas that can make an impact. We believe at WeTransfer that creativity, if nurtured properly, can actually change the world. But the most important thing here is we need more time. Creativity needs time to breathe. And we, again, we believe if there's more time, your ideas improve. If your ideas improve, creativity generally improves. And if that improves, we can only see positive change across the world. With that in mind, we thought we would leave you guys with a little uh, snippet of what we worked on this year from our brand campaign, which very much was inspired by the results of last year's report, but as we can see, also ties into what we've learned here. Uh, and it's voiced by Roxanne Gay, who we worked with on the last Ideas Report, and who you will also see in the magazine to spoke to us for this one as well. So please enjoy. Have you ever thought about the other you? A you that you felt truer to? What would you say if you saw your life wasting away, stuck online, inhaling content, exhaling time? But oh, the you that flew the coop to prove that life could move in any way you got to choose. 
you left the screens, looking for the life between, the life you have now, and the life of your dreams. You found it there, swirling, twirling in the crisp, fresh air. Everything you've read about, tweeted, liked, posted out, this is where it all comes from, the real world, that you can feel world. And when this other one of you returned to see what it could do, you poured your heart into the keys as quick as possible to see what to keep and what to free. Then, once again, it was time to leave. So, one last thing. <laughs> Thank you very much. So you all have an Ideas Report magazine in your bags, and we also have some iPads around the, the space where you can really delve into the interactive uh, experience online. But now, introducing our favorite speaker of the day, uh, Adam JK, who is an artist and author and is going to speak to us about the creative process, his ideas, and why sometimes you need a lot more than talent to make it successful. Thank you very much, Adam. Hello. Thank you for saying good morning to me. That was very generous. I feel like I'm coming in off of a wave of like very professional presentation, but don't worry, I'm more like you. I'm very tired and like slightly confused to be here. <laughs> it's so weird to be in Manhattan before noon <laughs> or on a weekday. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Um, feels really ominous to sort of follow um, a voiceover from Roxanne Gay. I feel very like I'm not worthy. And then also Debbie in this slide, power couple of the century. Very, very obsessed with them. Um, okay, so let's just dive right into whatever the next 20 minutes of your life are gonna be. Uh, here is a slide that says fail harder. It's very common to hear sort of failure celebrated in professional spaces, and as a cis white dude, it's like probably my job to talk about it. Um, failure's great, let's all fail a ton. Um, I was like 23 years old, I had my design degree, I did not know what I was doing, and so I was scrolling Tumblr, which um, was a website at the time, and <laughs> I still update mine, I love Tumblr. Um, I was scrolling and I saw this post that was like, WK12, come learn, whatever. And I didn't know what it was, but I applied. I did a, a zany creative project, and I ended up getting flown out to Portland to do a series of like complicated interviews at Wyden and Kennedy um, for an in-house ad program they had called 12, which I don't think they do anymore. And it was really my first exposure to this failure culture. They have a huge mural um, that says, fail harder. And I was like, wow. This is the real world, I guess. This is what people uh, with degrees and jobs do. They just fail a lot. Um, and I really took it to heart and, and failed the interviews and did not get into the school. <laughs> but that was my first taste um, of, of failure culture. Now, I know that you don't know who I am. That's OK. I'm pretty irrelevant. But I wanted to share a picture of me as a child. Um, and this is sort of just like a blatant you know, attempt to build camaraderie so that you like what I say more, because you're like, oh, well, I was also a kid, so we have so much in common. I guess I'll listen to him. Um, also, you've been, you know, trapped by free breakfast. Um, but, so I was a kid once, um, and then I was a teen, which we won't talk about. Um, I'm Canadian, so like everything that's happening in the US right now is not my fault. 
Uh, I believe that women are people, weirdly controversial opinion. I was on SNL once by mistake. I love bread, not in an Oprah way, like I genuinely love bread and eat it on the regular. Uh, and I'm the author of several illustrative books on creativity and mental health, including Things Are What You Make of Them, which Adweek mentioned. Um, so maybe I am actually here to talk about failure culture, right? Like I'm really, you're seeing this for me. You're like, he fails, he wrote a book about creativity. We're at a branded event for a company at the intersection of creativity and tech. Probably gonna talk about failure. Um, so here's the thing, if, if failure's so great and we should embrace failure and fail more, fail faster, you know, fail first and fix things later, all those sort of Helvetica posters that you can buy, it really begs the question, right? If failure's so great, what if we skip a step and just be bad? Should we just be bad? It's like a life hack. Like, if you want to fail, just be bad first, and then you're more likely to fail. So guys, this is it. And uh, just to clarify, when I say guys, I mean y'all. But I'm from Canada, so y'all's taking some time to get into. So my, my work, my, my artwork, my design work is, is really uh, idea-driven. So when I say bad, I don't mean bad like bad. I mean bad like simple. I mean bad like straight dudes don't get it. Um, mostly idea-driven, it's these one-offs with quick execution. So what I'm saying is the focus. And this is uh, a daily journal that I made called One Page at a Time. And it's rooted around a heavy topic. And so my not that good illustrative work is really the foundation of I, uh, my entire creative career and a life, a sustainable creative life. And so this, this one little sort of goofy book to, re to review, this is what my art looks like, here's the book, uh, has really changed my life. Now, maybe my work isn't perfect, uh, but this is honestly who I am. And, and I think, you know, if I had sat down and I was like, what's the Adam JK brand? that's gonna take over the world? What's, what am I gonna do with my, what am I gonna devote my life to? What information will I disseminate on this earth? I don't think I decided to like concoct a brand identity of like, all right, like depressive Jewish Canadian man. Just so gay, just too gay. Um, no, this is, I'm actually this person and, and I'm real and I think honesty is really important. So let's be bad, and, I, and I'm gonna share a little bit more of what I, what I mean when I talk about being bad, uh, when I talk about leading with ideas and, and being honest and being who you are. So part one, again, being honest, I think, is the most important part in connecting with people. And some of you are, are just like, why? Again, why are you here? Came here to gain insight and knowledge. Where is it? But, <laughs> My, my brand is really about honesty, humor, and a little bit of darkness. And so for me, it's this visual voice that's immediately emotive and maybe disarming enough to let me tackle difficult, difficult subjects. So when I say bad or simple, it's really an intentional choice that helps those ideas hit home. It's, it's finding the language that best carries what you're trying to say. Now, uh, honestly, I'm not subtle in, in any way. I think that simple and direct often works the best. Um, case in point, some balloons that say, sorry, I'm such an asshole. And, uh, you know, I had to dump someone. 
That's, this is the true story of where these came from. Uh, I had to break up with someone, and usually I get dumped because I'm like this. You're, you understand. Um, but I had to dump someone else, and, uh, and it didn't feel good. And I was like, they should really make something for this feeling of, like, you know, you feel like you're being an asshole, but, like, it is for the best, and, like, someone needs to do it, and it's more mature than to, like, you get worse, so they dump you. Like, this is emotional maturity, but it still doesn't feel great. And so this was really my first creative project to ever blow up, where I, thank you, uh, <laughs> where I, I, made these, I made these balloons. The minimum order is 500 balloons. So I have, you know, 499 balloons, and I don't know what to do with them. And, uh, and just put them online, and people, people started buying them. And that was like eight years ago. Um, again, honestly, I don't know how to be cool. I would like to. I think it would have helped me a lot, especially in my earlier 20s. But unfortunately, I just can't hide my feelings. I'm unable to do that. This is my first zine. It was called Talking About Feelings. It's all highly literal. Um, and then, you know, this was a, like an edition of 25. We, we all know what zines are since Kanye tweeted about it in 2015. Thank you, Kanye. Um, you can just make this at home. That's fine. But then last year, here's a series of rocks, and I just wrote feelings on the rocks. And this was published in the newyorker.com. <laughs> but there's not a lot of brand evolution. There's not a lot of creative growth in 10 years. I'm just, again, just don't know how to be cool. Just can't be subtle. Just this person forever cursed. Uh, and again, to be honest, I'm not an expert. I'm just not an expert. Uh, so joke's on you. Um, you went from Debbie Millman to this guy. Um, but actually, I think that's for the best. Again, I think that's the best way to carry some of these ideas because we don't all respond the best when being preached to by an expert. It's hard to, to sit here and have some guy that you don't know stand up here and be like, well, I did this, so it must be the only correct way. And you're like, fuck you. You don't know anything about my own unique set of challenges and skills. I forgot I have a clicker. So I'm really just processing my existence in the way that I know how to, which uh, seems to be novelty gift products and souvenirs, uh, like these pencils. I'm a tooler weapon and completely free, which is literally terrifying, because who doesn't process their mortality with pencils? This is so normal. Um, and despite writing literally an advice book, uh, I am much more uh, just trying to get on your level. Um, because we're doing this together, we're in this together, um, and thanks to WeTransfer, um, there's a copy of this book in all of your tote bags. I feel like Oprah right now. Very exciting. I've mentioned Oprah twice. I've been rewatching 30 Rock, and the parallels between me and Liz Lemon are like, it's like uncomfortable. It's not in like a cute way. You know that show is, uh, it doesn't not hold up, but some of the humor in just 12 years is like really... Okay, so everyone, go watch seven seasons of 30 Rock. We'll meet back here in two weeks. I'll have a whole new talk. All right, part two. Good actually doesn't equal better. Again, I'm doubling down here. I'm like, let's be bad. Let's be fast. Let's lean into our ideas. Because good doesn't necessarily equal better. And that's because technically good work isn't, isn't always the most effective. People love bad shit. People love bad shit so much. <laughs> what is this? 
what is this art? Seems so familiar. This is a joke t-shirt. I had the idea for this late at night. You know when you're about to fall asleep and you have an idea, and so you quickly, like, you're like, oh, I better write this in my, in my journal, my ideas notebook that I keep next to the bed, which, of course, we all do because that's, we're all so disciplined, et cetera. I have my ideas notebook, then I have my dream journal, then I have my meditation notebook, and then I have eight glasses of water. I just line them all up. <laughs> and no drugs. <laughs> Instead of writing this down, I, I just very quickly sort of comp this up in Photoshop. Um, we weren't using the word meme at the time, but essentially a meme. And I posted on Tumblr, I wrote, now accepting pre-orders. I was not accepting pre-orders. I was going to sleep. But it's funnier, <laughs> it's funnier if it's a hyperlink, right? It's, that's funny, because then you might click on it. So I linked to the Google search result for the word no. So if you were to click on that link, Google would be like, no. No, do not buy this shirt. Um, I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, and this post had 5,000 notes. Again, notes was a Tumblr metric for a combination of likes and reblogs. Um, reblogging was sort of like retweeting in that you could share with attribution, unlike on Instagram where you just steal freely. <laughs> and I had all these emails when I woke up, and it was just literally like 20 emails that were like, hey, man, dope shirt. Would love to cop that shirt, bro. And I was just like, how did all these straight dudes get my email address, take it off my profile? But people really wanted to buy this shirt, and so I ended up accepting pre-orders and printing several hundred of the shirt. And then Peter Saville, who designed the Joy Division album cover, bought 12 and called it profoundly clever in an interview with The Guardian. And then posed with the shirt for a story in the Washington Post this year. I made this shit in 2013, and it keeps selling. This got me out, this one t-shirt got me out of credit card debt, carried me in between two jobs. I was like at that moment when, you know, it was like first year in New York where I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to go back home. I'm gonna have to tell everyone that I couldn't cut it in the big city, dramatic music, etc. But then, this sold hundreds of this fucking t-shirt. And it kind of saved me. Um, all this to say, people love bad shit. <laughs> I didn't even match the typeface. That's Ariel rounded, and then I intentionally squished it. And when I was doing that, I was like, <laughs> design joke. <laughs> people love bad shit. Um, earlier this year, I actually made it worse. This is a new version available on my website. <laughs> Great for any uncool babies in your life. <laughs> All right. Good doesn't equal better because bad design works. Bad design is actually just how we communicate now. This is normal. What is a meme? Right? Memes are designed at its most fundamental, and people connect immediately. Memes are text and image that quickly communicate a wide range of thought, in a way that I think has totally changed language, probably forever. We're doing memes, y'all. <laughs> like, this is, we're here. Design has been fully democratized, and I think it's getting better. 
I love this. <laughs> the first time I gave this talk, this was like a very topical meme. Now it's old meme, but you know, bear with me. If I say meme 40 times, the meme council will give me my uh, holiday bonus. Good doesn't equal better because people, especially on the internet, don't always trust work that's too perfect. We need to feel a real human element. We want to feel those ideas still sizzling, right? Because you know what happens when you have a great idea and then 40 people weigh, on a, weigh in on it and you, put it, you print it out, you put it on one of those boards that you, know, you move around the agency when different people are coming in for meetings. And then maybe you put it in something and then you slack it a lot. I don't have slack because I don't have a job. And you just do a lot of stuff with the idea and by the time it actually comes out, it is stone fucking cold. <laughs> and it's like pizza, like it's, you know, it's still good but it would be way, way better. Overworking can undermine trust, especially online. So I think it's often better to be quick and honest and accessible, uh, self-referential, direct, and funny. Um, to me, all of that is more important than being technically perfect. Um, this is a tote bag that makes fun of tote bags that you get at corporate events. And this was client work for a Microsoft corporate event. Being good doesn't equal better because success is about more than talent. Success is about timing, resources, context. Also, success is not a thing. Success is not a single tangible goal. It's a, it's a structure that we all create for ourselves and then try to achieve. So this obviously did not take any talent or special skills. Everyone here could create this with a Sharpie, which I noticed there's also a free one of those in your tote bag. So take the tote bag is really... <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, this got me some of my first mainstream press. I was interviewed in Adweek. Like I did an actual interview with Adweek, again, about this. And then Fast Company took that interview and paraphrased it and published it as their own original content because media is broken even in 2015. That's not even fair. That's not fair. This is fucked up. I already had a book at this point. I had done so much other work that everyone was like, oh, great, a book. And then this, within like 12 hours. Uh, this is from a few years ago uh, when I was under 30. And we pitched a series of cover executions. And I pitched more complicated stuff because I was like, print magazine. This is like the designer's magazine that they care about. Um, unfortunately, print is dead, which is too good. Um, this was like a joke idea, and they were like, Adam, do that one. Do the one that takes 30 seconds to execute, and we'll pay you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess if I really have to. All right, part three. This is, there's only three parts, because this is a breakfast talk. Um, nobody cares. That's... Bullet point. Part three, nobody cares. Who cares if it's bad? I know that we all think that everything has to be perfect all the time, but the truth is nobody gives a fuck. Not a single person care. You care, you know, your one person at work cares. But, but really, most people in the world are not waiting for you to fuck up. Most people are not keeping tabs on you so closely that they will notice if something isn't exactly the way you intended it. So just make work. Just put some ideas out there. 
maybe you could go from a 25 percenter to a 50 percenter, and half your ideas will flop, but like half your ideas will flop anyway. You're allowed to just make things. They let you do that. They let you do that. So this, um, if you're not familiar, this is a post-it note. It's a small piece of paper, about three by three inches. And they come in a huge stack. So if you do a bad job, just, just do another one. Just keep doing it. And I've written it. Uh, I've drawn this in, in pencil. Pencils are very cheap. You can go to Ikea and just take a whole bunch of them. And if this were bad, I would have just like thrown it away. This costs approximately no cents. And, but instead, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I took a photo, and I put it on the internet. And I was like, here it is. I've made an art. And then a little bit later, I was like, this art is so good. I'll tattoo it on my arm forever. And so I did. And uh, I posted it on Instagram. And people were like, that is great. I want to buy that. And I was like, you don't even know. This, this used to be a post-it note. And now it's, it's, now it's art. That's not, it's, it's an, this is my arm. And people really wanted it, so then I made a pin. And again, this pin came pretty directly from the post-it note. No pressure, no big deal, low cost, low barrier to entry. And people love that. And then I did a four-foot neon sculpture. Um, this was installed at the Leslie Lohman Museum of Gay and Lesbian Art the end of last year. It just sold at auction um, last month to raise funds for the museum, which is also changing its name to be more inclusive, so good job. And then uh, in October, I collaborated with MailChimp and designed their entire float for Atlanta Pride, and we did 14 of these massive rainbow balloons uh, connecting all of us through love and light. You ever think about rainbows? I know, a gay person made a rainbow. It's very, very clever. Um, <clears throat> this was a post-it note. You know what I mean? This is like, it doesn't actually have to be a big deal. It's fine. Just make stuff. And if, it, if people like it, they like it. And if it sucks, you just, you know, next one. There's more where that comes from. So the pressure is really off. And, and truthfully, nobody cares because we scroll. I read this on the internet, so I know for a fact that it was written on the internet. Um, we scroll an average of five miles per year. Five miles. And I think, like, everyone in this room kind of, like, you know, we work in this industry. We live in this city. Like, we probably do. I definitely, not with this hand, I'm actually right-handed. So this, see, now I can, now I can get my five miles. <laughs> and you, you know what happens when you're on social media. I want to keep this talk platform agnostic. Uh, <laughs> who haven't I dragged yet? Um, you know what it's like when you're scrolling something and you see it and you don't care? You're like, oh, Sally ate a cupcake again. You just keep scrolling. It's fine. Like, oh, great baby. It looks the same as yesterday. You just keep <laughs> scrolling. I actually, I love babies. But you just keep scrolling, and so it's fine. If you post something, if you share work, and it's just not working for people, they're not going to stop and be like, hmm, I don't know about this one, Cassandra. This is uh, really questioning a lot of your choice. Hmm, pinch and zoom. Mm. I knew it. There's a pixel out of place. Report to Instagram. It's like... Nobody cares. It's fine. Just do what the rest of us do, which is archive the post to get it off your feed, but then three days later, change your mind, put it back on the main feed again. It gets three more likes. You share it in your Instagram story on your Finsta to get a few more likes from your close personal friends. And then you decide again next week if it should, you know, stay on the grid. What? You don't, you don't all do that? 
So you can just make stuff and you can put it up, you know, 30 seconds later. Um, you can handwrite a tweet that like weirdly pops up. Like that's allowed. You can just put it up there, let people decide what they like. And if they really like it, they might be like, oh, make this a pin. And then you're like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Here's the link to buy it. And then you make a pin. Um, and you just can keep doing this over and over again until you almost win a Webby Award. Um, again, nominee is not the same as winner. <laughs> they sent this graphic and they were like, you can put this on your website. And I was like, and tell everyone that I lost? <laughs> Nobody cares because you're not special. You're just not special, and it's so liberating. I mean, honestly, it's why I moved here. I moved to New York because nobody gives a fuck about you here. Doesn't matter if you look amazing or if you look crazy. <laughs> and I try not to use crazy casually um, as someone who's very mental health aware. So when I say crazy, I mean clinically insane. Nobody cares if you're that either. Um, you can just like be exactly who you are whatever that means, on the train, in the street, and nobody will make eye contact with you at all. And that is really liberating because you can fuck up and nobody notices. Again, nobody's really paying attention. Nobody's analyzing our every move. So I make nice things that people like. I made all these sticker gifts for Instagram. I also made that one. That's just in the app always. Um, I've got seven billion loops on Giphy. And nobody knows who the fuck I am. People use this shit all the time and they don't know. Every famous person has used you know, some version of this at some point. And I'm not like getting royalties or anything. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't matter. You can just make nice things and put them in the world. Pretty sure that there are folks out there that think Adam JK is um, sort of a sub-brand of Urban Outfitters Incorporated. <laughs> which like, you know, kind of checks out. But if I can make an art therapy journal and leave it in a store at the mall in your smaller city, and you can walk in as a 15-year-old and buy this thing that helps you tap into your sort of emotional intelligence or to work through a difficult time, um, then my work is pretty much done. Then I've, then I've made a good thing that can help you. And, and that's fine. And I can say Urban Outfitters with a straight face now. I can just say it like, oh, where'd you get that top? Oh, Urban Outfitters. Is it vintage? No, it's, it's Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Some of y'all have definitely lied about that. And that's the real reason I'm here today. It's, it's okay. You just let people know where you bought the thing. Unless it's Zara. <laughs> A lot of my work exists far beyond the original intention and can really impact others. Like, this is just two post-it notes. There is a theme here. Um, and I posted this online after texting it to a friend who I made it for, and people saw this and they were like, oh, art. And I was like, are you sure? And this pops up all the time, all over the internet over the last five years. It's been stolen by brands and printed on merch, and um, then I chased down the brands and invoiced them. It's like weirdly paid my rent a few months over. This is two post-it notes that I texted to a friend. You don't know what can happen when you just put stuff out there. That's what's cool about letting go of some of those ideas and putting them into the world. <laughs> Nobody cares about who is 100% the best. Maybe we do. We care about like who's the number one, but then like two through 10, it's all the same. So just be fucking nice.
That's actually how to succeed, is we all have tools and skills. We all have the wonderful suite of, of software and products and tools from WeTransfer. We all have access to that. So what separates me from you or you from you? It's who you actually are. And nobody wants to spend eight to 12 hours a day in the office sitting next to an asshole. That's just true. There's only so many jobs, and there's a lot of people who want them. So be nice, and you can have a job. I mean, I'm not personally hiring, but I just hypothetically, there are jobs out there. A lot of my favorite projects are really just the product of being a nice guy, like in the right place at the right time. Not playing games, but just being really like, hey, Strand, like, I would love to, you know, if you ever do like an artist series of, t oh, you used to, Oh, you used to do an artist series, but oh, but no one's had the bandwidth to curate a selection of, oh, well, I, I know a guy, and I have a few other recommend, oh, oh, we'll all get jobs, oh, okay, cool, great, here's the art. Um, I did the bookmobiles for the Brooklyn Public Library because I met someone at a zine fair in 2014, and I guess I just was nice, and we, had, we chatted, and she didn't tell me that she was in a position to hire me two years later, but you just kind of don't know, just be nice. All right, to review, we're at the end. Honesty is the most important thing. I think if your idea has truth in it, that will carry it forward far further than all the aesthetic choices, which inevitably you're gonna fuck up anyway because the trend cycle is so fast. To uh, being technically good, award-winningly good, doesn't make it necessarily better. Again, like, you know who doesn't know how to draw for shit is Picasso. <laughs> That's not what a woman's face looks like. It's just not, like, I can't draw that well, but I can draw, you know, I know it doesn't have, like, six cubes. <laughs> but that's not the point, is it? Uh, and finally, yeah, nobody cares. So, I embrace not knowing, and I let myself create and share as I grow. I put ideas out there. Sometimes they are bad ideas, and that's okay. I'm working on defining what success means for me. And I invite all of you to, to do the same. Figure out what success would be for you. I guarantee you it is not the same for all of us in this room. It might be the same for none of us. Um, sometimes the most effective way to say something is not the most technically perfect. Just figure out what you're saying and fucking say it. Sometimes that's okay. It is definitely the most effective. Um, and finally, again, I'm not an expert. I've explained, I've explained that sort of the top. I feel like I started this talk telling you not to listen to me, but I have been doing what I do for a long time, um, over a decade now, which I guess that's not maybe a long time, but feels like one. <sighs> Why does my body always hurt? <laughs> Why is that? I haven't been in my 30s for that long, but every day, pain. <laughs> I can't even raise this arm all the way because I did something to it. Um, when we were deflating those MailChimp balloons, I just like ran and jumped into one because I thought it would be like really buoyant, but I actually just landed firmly on the ground. And there's a video and everyone's like, hooray! And then at the end, it's like this, and you can hear me be like, ow. Oh. <laughs> Should put that on Instagram. Um, so again, despite not being an expert, um, there are a few things that I know to be true. And one thing I can say with absolute certainty, again, regardless of your discipline, whether you're uh, an emerging creative or been in the industry for a long time, if you're more tech, if you're more creative 
um, or art side. Um, if you're just our a Betaworks member and you came here because of the breakfast and you don't know what WeTransfer is, you fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> one thing that unites everyone in this room is that ultimately you're all gonna die. Every single person here is gonna die. You're gonna die and you're gonna die, and you're gonna die, and if anyone's watching this video uh, in the foreseeable future, you're gonna die, and I might be dead. <laughs> so let's just have some fun before that happens. Tweet your bad post-it note. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, thanks very much. Now we have some time for Q&A. There's a microphone, so just raise your hand. And this usually happens. I feel like people don't want to ask questions after I've yelled at them for this long. <laughs> it's stressful. It's also early. Yes. Right, let me not make this about my own insecurity about being <laughs> generally disliked. It's not about you. Oh, over there. Hi, good morning, I'm Dan. Hey, Dan, good morning. Um, I don't know if this is so much a question, but I thought it was interesting, because uh, the most recent thing I've seen on social media is this North Dakota ad campaign. Has anyone seen it? I know what you're talking about, because okay, I don't yes. have a Beth, job. I'm on it. <laughs> is yeah. there a new slogan? And, and of course, it's <laughs> sparked this all this conversation and memes and, and other things, and I, I don't know what to make of these things half the time. At first you have an opinion, and then you're like, wait, is it working? You know, it, it's... It Does everyone know what we're talking about here? <laughs> okay, this is the end of the show, so I can just pull up your... Uh... So North Dakota has a new campaign to raise awareness for their... Um... What's the best way to put it? Like supporting folks who have addiction issues? And it's just an unfortunate campaign. The campaign slogan is meth, we're on it. Which seems like out of an SNL sketch, except. No, I, I mean, I like can't, I don't know what to tell you. Wait, let me just Google meth. Is it on meth.org? See, I love, oh, I love design. I haven't actually been to the website. I hope it's, are we still recording? You gotta cut this part out. Oh. Google Drive can't scan this file for... Anyway, you get the point. Um, I wonder if it's on purpose. Don't you think from like a strategy point of view, like that's a lot of free impressions. Um, and also like some people are on meth, that's like what they're doing. I think it's different. I think that, do you remember when Diet Coke changed their slogan to like, you're on? And they had Taylor Swift in the campaign, and it was like, you're on! And the, ad can't, the, the print ads, the out-of-home stuff was all like, you're on Coke. And it was like, that seemed more like a mistake. But that's what happens when an idea goes through like 10 fucking steps, 10, like 10,000 steps between like a junior level to a senior to a creative and then account and then client. Like that does happen. I, you know what? Maybe it's good we can't pull this up. I'm just close this before I Google anything else. Um, sorry, was it, this wasn't a question. You just want to shoot the shit. You guys all see this meme? Uh, do we have any other? I, I actually do think that it was like low-key on purpose. And good for them. You know what, like you should talk about it. That's the whole, that's the whole point. Anyone else want to talk about a font they saw that was like so funny? 
you know who's still using Gotham in 2019? Okay, I think we're, are we? Oh, there's one, okay. The last one. We're all just chilling. Hi, I'm Michelle. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I know you're someone who's obviously um, bringing forward awareness on mental health. And I think for creatives um, or anyone working in that field is someone who may struggle with depression, anxiety, um, or just a ton of doubt. So what would be your advice for a creative who needs to work on self-care and their ideas and the struggle around that? I mean, I think there's a lot to parse through there. I think about this a lot because, you know, I have a mental illness, so what else am I going to think about? Um, and the conversations about mental health awareness, about self-care, like, I think there's a lot of things that sort of get mixed up in there. So I think, one, as creatives, we're kind of a type. We're this personality type that ties our happiness to our productivity and self-worth. This sort of embrace of, like, the hustle-harder culture, which is total bullshit. And I think it's sold to us in different ways. There's sort of, like the San Francisco, like, work fast and break things, and then there's sort of, like, the, the New York boss lady, like, wing adjacent. Like, we're all selling the same shit of, like, if you're not working hard, you're a fucking fuck up, which I don't agree with. Um, and so there's more of that that I tackle in the book, which luckily you have, and the book doesn't get as, like, ranty. <laughs> it's a little more focused. I had an editor. Um, but then I also think the self-care conversation gets sort of weird, too, because we're, like, we're sort of talking about mental health, but we're actually not really. Like we've really embraced anxiety as like a cute thing, like anxiety on a cute sweater and it's like only $96. But like, you, you know what you don't see on a cute sweater is bipolar, right? So we're talking about some forms of mental health. And then I think self-care is very like tarot and crystals, but like, what about medication? What about science is real? Like, we work in this industry, and we see technological advance all the time. We're working on, like, the cutting edge of things. So why is, like, the same person who is, like, you know, making this a computer still thinking, like, oh, I don't, I don't need meds. I'll just drink some celery juice. <laughs> it's weird to be so, like, to selectively believe in things. Um, yeah, I think, I think awareness is, is about being, like, actually aware, like, self-aware. Um, as opposed to, there's a lot there, and the imposter syndrome thing doesn't ever go away. Do you want to jump in? Okay. How to decide what to share. Yeah. Also, thank you for saying as a public figure, that's very generous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to like coast through the rest of the day on that one. Um, I mean, I share a lot. I overshare, like, I'm so tired right now that my brain is just like, say more words, and I'm definitely like, should I? Um, but it really is that thing on social media of like, if people don't like it, they just, they'll keep scrolling. And actually, if people don't like it in the first hour, if 10% of your followers don't like it in the first hour, then Instagram's not gonna show it to anyone else anyway, unless you pay for it. So it's easier and easier to share work um, because, you know, the tech monopolies like are not disseminating it anyway. The pressure's really off. Um, wow, this is getting like sad. It's hard. I think it gets harder and harder. Yesterday I left my phone at home and I spent the whole day without a phone. And I only checked Instagram on desktop twice. 
so I guess I, I am an advocate for self-care, I would say now. <laughs> an activist, sorry, that's what I meant. I'm an activist for self-care. Man, listen, like, everything is very hard, and a lot of things are fucked up, and, like, I don't know if design can save the world, but if, if everyone in this room who's good at, like, one specific thing joined together, like, we could actually impact change in a major way. And so, yeah, like, you're not the best at everything, but you're probably pretty fucking good at that one thing that you do regularly. And so that's where the power is. Um, and, and leaning into that and being confident in that and knowing that you might not be number one, but, like, number three is pretty fucking powerful, too. I think my approach is always to lean in on the negative. Again, like, I am Jewish, but there's a lot of power we all have. So it's a good time to be a creative person and to have access to tools and resources that are freer and more accessible than ever. Um, and then also, yes, take your meds. Okay, thanks, bye. Thank you very much, Adam. That was very inspiring, and I think we can all take a lot from it. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for coming this morning. Uh, please do take your corporate-branded tote bags, um, which all have a copy of Adam's book in it, and the ideas report from 2019 as well. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you next year. Thank you very much.